A, uh, uh, a icon of the motorcycle industry when it comes to style and protection, uh, my friend Tag Gasparian from Taggart Designs. So uh, you've been at this game for decades, mm -hmm. three, three but, decades? Well, in motocross, yeah, three decades. Yeah, because uh, my first helmet painted by you was actually, uh, it had an AP Designs mm -hmm. I worked logo there. on it. Yeah, so... How how did the whole thing start, and uh, did you ride? Did you? Um, well, it all started before I even got into motocross. I um, I was a surfer, and I used to paint surfboards for twenty seven years. Okay, and surfboard then, is kind of a big flat canvas, though. Right? Is it easier or harder to paint a surfboard? Um, it's not that hard, but if you've never done it before, it, it's difficult because. It's not like a helmet. You can't just sand the paint off if you make a mistake. You can't mm -hmm. make a mistake on a surfboard because it's a shaped foam, and you'll ruin the integrity of the shape. Oh, okay. Put like a dent in it or <laughs> if you sand it. Yeah. So you got to do it perfect every time. But uh, so were you a surfer that had artistic abilities? I mean, how did it all start? You want to start from the very beginning? Yeah, <laughs> let's hear it. Give me the story. Um, well, I grew up in Laguna Beach. My dad was a professional artist. He was like one of the top dogs in the Laguna Beach Art Festival in the 60s, 70s. Mm -hmm. Him and his buddies were like the top guys, and my mom was artistic. Um, and they were all in the festival, and we were in the pageant of the masters as a family, too, if you know what that is. And I grew up in Laguna parking cars for him at the festival, and I was in the pageant. And then I was always skateboarding and surfing growing up in Laguna. And, and then I became a professional surfer later on, and <clears throat> I... um started painting surfboards for my surfboard sponsor in Oceanside. Mm -hmm. And that's where I got into painting surfboards. Okay. Uh, was Your dad was an artist. Was he in the, what medium was it? Was it paint? Was it? Yeah, it was um, oil paintings. Okay. He did like portraits and uh, landscapes. And he was one of the first also to uh, fly up in a private plane above Laguna and take photos mm -hmm. of the coastline and did paintings of that. And that went over really well too. Ah, okay. So it, I mean, I'm, not very artistic. I can draw little cartoons and stuff, but <laughs> painting by hand versus painting by tape and spray, yeah. it, it's two completely different things, isn't it? Yeah, everything's different mediums. Yeah. So uh, did you start off painting with a brush? Like uh, like on surfboard? Well, I drew my whole life. Like even when I was, you know, in high school, you're doodling all the time. Yeah. I always drew like the perfect surf paradise and girls and all that kind of stuff. And then just evolved later on when I started painting surfboards to, uh, you know, taping off designs more and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. was, was it difficult to learn the touch of a spray? Yeah, that spray. takes a long time. Yeah. So I was, I was learning all that at the surfboard factory. I was there at that surfboard factory for like 20 years. Mm -hmm. And then I worked my way, and he was my surfboard sponsor, super cool guy, Gary Linden. He's still there. And then I worked my way up to um, a couple different factories. I worked at like four different surfboard factories at a time. One was right down the street from uh, Transworld. Remember in Oceanside, right mm -hmm. across from the airport? Yeah. You were there, right? Yeah. I worked uh, right down the street. Oh, okay. At two different surfboard factories. And then I was doing Channel Island Surfboards, which is like the number one surfboard company in the world, probably. 
when you were doing that, was it custom boards for sponsored riders or was it mass production? Um, it was mass production, but some were custom for customers. And then most of them were um, for other retail shops. They'd just give me a time, uh, price budget and mm-hmm. I could do whatever I wanted. What was the timeline there? The early 2000s? Yeah, before that even. 90s. Okay. Uh, how did you transition into motocross helmets or did you um, ride yourself or were you... well after surfing professionally i got married started having a couple boys and got into motocross because i was bored kind of yeah after surfing all over the world you're stuck in california everybody thinks california is so great for surfing but it's not it's probably mm. the worst place in the U.S. in the world uh-huh. so i got bored and i always wanted to get into riding a dirt bike but i never had the chance so i just started riding and you know, started from beginner and uh-huh. got into it. What year was that? When I started? Yeah. I don't even remember. Um, but I went, I raced in the Over the Hill Gang and went from beginner to, you know, novice to intermediate. And then after that, I quit after mm-hmm. intermediate. Um, obviously, then you're a painter, you're painting boards. You probably painted your own helmet first, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, my first one I painted at the surfboard factory and I used, the paints I was using on surfboards and it came out horrible. It was the wrong paint. Different, different so design. I had to learn, yeah, the right way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I always experiment and you learn, you learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Um, so how did the, uh, the helmet painting evolve for you? Um, um, I just went to AP and got a job and then I was like painting all this helmets after a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, that was down there. Carlsbad. San Marcos? Uh, San Marcos, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so how long were you with uh, Alex Paul? At uh, six years. Six years? And, yeah, entrepreneurial spirit got you to uh, branch out on your own, start Tiger? Yeah, pretty much. So what year was that that it's, you went to? When you're an artist, it's hard to work for someone, too. Mm-hmm. So you always want to do your own thing. You don't want to take, you know, authority kind of thing. Yeah. I've always been like that, a little rebel. It's funny, the, the whole art thing, you know, like as a magazine editor and having, you know, art directors work for me to lay out the magazines and stuff, mm-hmm. it was like, there's sometimes, you know, when your art director comes to you with something totally wild that like doesn't fit the theme of the story or the mm-hmm. magazine and you're like, ah, oh. and when you have <laughs> to say, I don't like that, dude, oh, just the, the emotions and the hurt feelings. Yeah. So. Uh, I just, I'm pretty blunt. I just they don't like it i just tell them how it is <laughs> <laughs> but that's how artists are they don't like being told what to do and stuff you know like rebels yeah <laughs> so uh man uh started your own uh helmet painting business like what year do we say that was oh five i started tagger designs it's right down the street from here yeah tagger designs in oh five um from then till now uh it's just been this radical rate of progression and popularity i mean you your own you have multiple signature replica helmets uh mm-hmm. with bell i think have you done some with showy as well yeah i did a couple for showy i did a barsha replica and a couple others and a trey canard one up before that and oh no mm-hmm. what uh what is it like to have something that you designed mass produced and sold all over the world it's um it's cool. It's I'm stoked to be working with Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, they've always been good to me, and uh, 
um, I get messages from people from all over the world that I don't even know and tell me how stoked they are on getting their new tagger and stuff like that. And just to see them being mass produced and all the retailers and people riding with them. And it's a good feeling. Yeah. Uh, what's, uh, what's actually like the bread and butter for tagger designs? Is it things like this that are mass produced because you get a, a, a royalty or is it just the, the bread and butter is the, guy that brings you his helmet and wants a custom job like all those guys because i know the weight is tremendous for you like was like three four months right now yeah it's four four months and plus yeah it's kind of sucks because i mean it used to not be that bad but now that we're so popular that we have to tell a lot of people no we can't do it quicker and i lose business but at the same time i don't have a lot of help so i have to be like that Mm mm-hmm and your son works with you now? Yeah, my son kills it. He does a lot for me. So well, how did that happen? Like, is the artistic gene something that's just been passed down your family, or did you have to teach him? No, I didn't have to teach him. It's in, in his genes, I guess. And he's not painting, but he's really artistic, and he um, designs a lot of stuff for me, like on the computer, and mm-hmm. we're doing motocross gear um, and stuff like that, He's and T-shirts and all that kind of stuff he does, and a lot more, and he helps prepping and talking to customers doing pretty much everything yeah what was the hardest thing about uh, launching your own business was it the bookkeeping yeah the business side like you're talking about <laughs> that part sucks <laughs> yeah yeah when transworld uh went away you know everybody's like oh it's a blessing in disguise and do your own thing and i'm like dude i'm, I'm not never had an entrepreneurial spirit you know i don't want to be a business owner and uh Jeremy McGrath is actually a huge motivator for me. Like, really? Business is only hard because you haven't done it yet. Think yeah. about the first time you did a big jump you were scared of, and then you're like, oh, it's easy. But regardless of that, I've had a whole bunch of people help me. Oh, man. That's what I was just going to say. If you get the right people behind you that are good at that, yeah, you got to do the thing that you're good at and then have people that are good at their certain things and have a team, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I need to do right now to go to the next level. Yeah. Because it's just you and your son? Or? Yeah, because I got to grow from here. It's my son and I and uh, two other guys, but they're only there part-time. They're just taping and sanding? Um, one of them, and then one of them's a painter. He used to okay. be with me full-time, but he only comes in a couple days a week now. Yeah. Um, what's the biggest misconception about a helmet paint job? Um, I, I know people think you could knock it out in a day if you wanted yeah, to. Yeah, that's a big one. People are always like, I need it in a week. I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. I mean, if I were to work on one helmet, I could probably do it in a week. Totally finished, clear coats and everything. But uh, you can only do one color a day because you have to let it dry to mm-hmm. back mask over, which is painting over the color to do the next step. So there's a lot of steps and people don't. You just have to tell them everything like I'm telling you about Yeah. how it works so they understand how long it, it's it's a timely process. Yeah. Um, then you probably get customers because, no, dude, I just want a couple stripes and a name and number. Yeah. But, I mean, granted, an a intricate paint job probably takes way longer, but still. Yeah, there's... like just getting a name and number on a stock helmet doesn't take that long because um, you're just painting the name and number over a stock design and then clear coating it. Mm-hmm. And it's cheaper. Okay, so the name Tagger obviously is a play on your 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 name, but then also like, your graffiti style, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. Can you explain that a little bit? Mm. Just me and my son thought of it kind of. Um, you know, it's got my name in it, like you said, and I've always liked 
tagging and graffiti and stuff. And I thought it would work good with helmets because um, I didn't want to be like all the other helmet painters that kind of do the same design their mm -hmm. whole career, like a lot of painters do. I wanted to offer like everything. Like this one is like a fast racy design and that one's like a graffiti style. And mm -hmm. um, I just, and everybody has a different mindset on what they like. So I want to be able to offer anything that everybody can get. Yeah. So these are both replicas that are in front yeah, of us. Yeah, these right? are. New, the newer bell replicas. Yeah. Um, is it hard, like, to have, you know, you, you've got your style. Like, I know your your trademark name style is, you know, the graffiti style. Mm -hmm. But uh, does it come easily for you to do something totally different? Like, if someone says, hey, I want something super clean and simple, doesn't that, no, like, it's not, script? Yeah, it's not difficult. We can do whatever anybody wants. Uh-huh. Like, that's a lot of stuff my son does. He'll just do it on the computer yeah. if they want that style. And then the graffiti style, a lot of the time, I, I just freehand it. Yeah. Hey, uh, you know, technology and the evolution of just everything in the world has changed everyone's jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. like uh, when I was a journalist starting out, I just go to the races with a notepad and a pencil, <laughs> right? And now it's like you got to take a digital camera that does video and photos and you got to transfer it to your phone and post on Instagram and all that. But like how has technology simplified or complicated your job? Well, it's helped a lot, like making the vinyl for names and um, like all those shapes on that helmet, the mm -hmm. graffiti one, those are all like done on the computer and we pr uh, print it out and cut it out on vinyl. And mm -hmm. so I can use all those shapes as like a template. Yeah. And I paint a color, put them down, and then peel them out, and then do the next color. It's like that kind of process. Yeah. So uh, is something like that for you, like when you've done these with a computer, is that more or less satisfying, or is it the same as when you used to draw it by hand and cut it out? And no, it's It sped better. things up, right? It's better. It's faster, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you, and you can do more things with it instead of drawing stuff all day, you know? Yeah. Have there been any changes in paint technology? Like, um, not really. It's just automotive paint that we use. Mm -hmm. um, it's actually getting worse because, you know, the lot the rules in California for all the emissions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they're canceling a lot of colors and, like, I, we use a lot of neon colors and everybody loves that too. Like when I um, paint helmets for kids, you know, the parents will say, "Make it the bright, brightest so I can see my kid. So I can yeah. see my kid on the yeah. other end of the track, so I know he's up and safe and riding." And they're discontinuing a lot of those neons, like the neon orange and like the MXA color. Uh -huh. And I do a lot of helmets for them. And now I can't even get fluorescent orange. So really, I'm trying to. Is it does a fluorescent paint have different uh, chemicals in it? I guess so. Yeah. Wow. What's the hardest color to paint? The hardest color? Um, there's not really a harder color, but. When you chrome a helmet, mm -hmm. we don't do that that much anymore because it's more expensive. You have to send out to a chromer and then paint over it. And painting over a chrome helmet is the most difficult. Okay. It's really uh, fragile. Like, How is it, is it hard to, uh, you know, you see some helmets come stock and they're raw carbon, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, is it, when a helmet comes like that, it's like a shame to paint over and not <laughs> utilize the carbon weave. So when you do those paint jobs where you could still see the carbon through like a, a thin yeah. layer of color. Is that tough to do? No, it's not that hard. It's just 
another step, which takes longer, but I do that a lot because I think it looks so cool with the carbon exposed and mm-hmm. um, like that new design I showed, just showed you, we can't show it. Yeah. It's the next um, Bell replica, but it's top secret right now. I got the first sample, but like you can do candies over the carbon mm-hmm. and other designs and leave carbon exposed. It, I think it adds a lot more to the depth of the helmet design too. Mm-hmm. Um, you've worked with a lot of uh, factory racers, freestyle guys. Uh, can you give me a rundown on a few of them and which have been the uh, like the most fun to work with for you? Um, I could name everyone. I've pretty much done everybody a helmet in the world. Yeah. Pro, but um, like I've done McGrath before and all the big names. Mm-hmm. And the best, the coolest guy I think that I ever worked with was Kurt Caselli, just because he was a regular guy, totally humble, mm-hmm. doesn't have an ego and stuff. Um, I know you're big with the Grant family, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're painting helmets for, uh, are you doing Wyatt and uh Yeah, I did Easton's? a couple, but I haven't done them lately because they just moved and stuff to Florida, but yeah. they're supposed to be sending me some helmets. Yeah. So you say, okay, okay so you said you've done them for Jeremy. What era was that? Because you always think Jeremy, you always think Troy Lee. But yeah, that was, um, he was still riding for Troy Lee, but he needed some monster helmets real quick or something. Uh-huh. So I did a couple, a motocross helmet, I think a couple half shells or something. I think it was, they were like off-road truck helmets or something. Ah, okay. It was a while back. Yeah. Well, what do you think is your most famous paint job you did? Uh, most famous? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, that's like iconic like rider you think of that rider you think of like that lately um i did one for uh hunter lawrence before he just right before he signed with red bull uh-huh. he was wearing my helmets for a year i remember that yeah first season and he just happened to be riding at the elsinore track and my shop at the end of the driveway is a track so i heard he was over there and i just drove over there and asked him hey can i paint you a couple of helmets and then he i just gave him my info and he called me in like the next week and i started doing a couple of helmets for him so yeah. that's cool What's the worst helmet to paint right now? Like the toughest that causes the most, like it's the most challenging to tape off or to work with this, the lines. This right? helmet is a showy matte black helmet. Oh, a stock matte. It's funny because I remember one time I asked you to paint something. You're like, just don't bring me a matte helmet. Yeah. Well, most why, of the, why is matte hard? Because of the texture of it? Yeah, most of the mats are fine now. Like the bell mat's good and all the rest, but just a showy Evo matte black is the worst in the world. You can't even, I don't even accept them anymore because really? it's like a, it's so rubberized the, yeah. that you can't is even Is it like sand, Plasti Dip? <laughs> something like that. You can't even sand it. it. It's bad. It takes forever to sand down and it's too much work just to start it. Yeah. Um, what about, what's your favorite helmet shell shape to work with? Because I mean, obviously the, the, the shape of the shell uh-huh. uh, oftentimes lends itself to the design. Mm-hmm. Uh, which um, one do you like? My favorite is probably the Moto 10 now. Mm-hmm. I just like the shape of it, and it's easier. It doesn't have any vents on the chin bar and stuff like that, too. Yeah. It's cleaner, and you can put you know, advertising for logos for companies or my, myself and whatever. I think it, it's a good shell. Mm-hmm. Do, you, uh, do you pay attention much to the technology that's going into the helmets or are you just making them look better no i i check them out like the moto 10 is really nice i think for safety wise Mm -hmm. they're all getting a little better right but yeah 
I don't know much about it, but I always check them out internally yeah. and stuff. Has anyone ever brought you a helmet to paint that was like some cheeseball helmet? And you're like, this paint job's going to cost like five times as much as this helmet's worth. Uh, a couple times. I just tell them it's not even really worth painting. Really? Yeah. What's uh, What's the most common thing you get? Are people bringing in blanks or are they bringing in graphic helmets? Um, a lot of people order their helmets through me because I'm, oh, okay. a, I'm a dealer and I can save them a little bit of money. And I can just order it on the phone and have it like in a week. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a dealer for everybody, so... Some people send me the helmets that they like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Everybody's different. And do you do mostly off-road motocross helmets? Or are you doing a lot of automotive stuff or street stuff? We do everything. We um, do a lot of helmets for Nitro Circus, too. We have that account. And those are a lot of half shells and all different kinds of helmets for those guys doing the scooters and the BMX. And, yeah. And motocross, freestyle guys. Um, we've, we do hard hats for people's skydiving helmets mm-hmm. pretty much everything i think a mountain bike helmet would be tough to make a cool design on huh because all the vents yeah they're fine unless there's like a, the worst is the, like the street bike helmets with all the vents yeah you know, the peddler bikes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. those are the worst because of all the holes in them can't really make them look cool huh? <laughs> you what? can how do you feel about helmet mohawks <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't really like them. <laughs> yeah. Don't stick that on my paint job. Yeah. Even when people go to drop their helmets, that superstition, I think that's pretty lame too. Yeah. So, uh, someone gets a brand new helmet from you and they're going to ding it. It just, it hurts, right? It's like all that work. Yeah. I'm like, no, don't do that. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, superstition. You know, this weekend, uh, I was at Fox Raceway with the guys from Fox, and uh-huh. my buddy Michael Crockle was filling his gas tank up, and something happened with the gas tank, but it reminded me of this instance at uh, when I worked at Cycle News way back in the day. One of our ad guys, Steve Gatoski, had a brand new Arai helmet like on his grip, like hanging from the handlebars, and you know the, the tube from the gas oh, jug, it was yeah. in there, and he pulled it out, and the tube shot out, but he wasn't done pouring, and he poured gas into his helmet, and it just corroded the ATS. Ate the foam yeah. away, huh? Ate it up. Um, that sucks. You've got to have some stories like that where customers have, like, screwed up their helmets or something. Mm, not really. I haven't really got any like that, but I've seen it happen to people before. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny because uh, for me, like, I've sadly, I've hit my head a bunch over the <laughs> 35 years I've been riding dirt bikes and it's like man the one time I really got hurt I got enticed by a custom paint job right like I've always been big on quality helmets like yeah I won't wear a cheese ball helmet Mm -hmm. and this one time I got this like mid to low level helmet but it was painted beautifully like that the maker had it painted for me yeah and I was like oh man I'm gonna wear this thing (laughs) and there's uh is that Elsinore Oh, really? Elsinore track back before they closed the first time and when the jumps were really massive. And uh, yeah, Honda had a defective ignition on the CR250 that year. Oh, and I ended up going over the bars face first in a jump and the bike hit me in the back and split the helmet. Oh. So. What kind of helmet was it? I'd rather not say. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, uh, I've been big on that. So do you, I'm sure 
most of the helmets you end up painting from customers are high-end helmets, correct? Yeah. They're they're not shitty ones. They're well, some people do, but I'll tell them, "Why do you want that painted?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cuz it's going to cost you all this money to paint it and you might as well start with a good helmet. So, these days, what does a custom helmet paint job cost? Um I don't have a set price really. It just depends on, on what what they want. Yeah, right? I have to talk to the customer and see how much detail it mm-hmm. is involved. And then I can determine the price by thinking about what's going to go into it. Yeah. Say they bring you a white helmet and they want it to look like, say they'd say, oh, I'm a big Jeremy McGrath fan. I want a bubble paint job and all mm-hmm. that. I get those. Those are actually like the old Troy Lee 80s style helmets, mm-hmm. 90s. Those are like my favorite to paint because when I started painting at AP, that's what I always painted for myself kind of because that's who I kind of looked up to and tried to emulate by painting to -hmm. learn from. And so I still get a lot of those to this day. Okay. So what is a bubble McGrath-esque helmet cost? Probably around a thousand or a little bit over. Wow. A thousand bucks. And how long would that take? Well, right now we're like um, three to four months out. Yeah. When you start a helmet, start to finish, like obviously the four months is including the wait time, right? Because it's backed up. But when you first lay hands on the helmet to when you finish, what is your average duration? Uh, from start to finish of just yeah. the paint? Yeah, uh, but I mean, taking into account that you're doing all multiple helmets at the same mm-hmm. time, right? But like uh, Probably like um, like a month and a half or so. Two months. Wow, a little bit each. Yeah, because you can, like I said, you can only do one color a day. Yeah. It just depends how detailed the design is, though, too. Yeah. How tough is uh, all the OSHA uh, emissions regulations and everything? Because, I mean, you have to have a paint booth and, and all that. Is, that, it, that is it tough to be a helmet painter in California? Yeah, it can be. It just, um, it's all about who you know and political you know everything's bad if you <laughs> yeah are you if you uh, get lucky and don't get um the city coming over and checking you out too much or anything yeah that's when you gotta paint some uh police officer helmets yeah i do police helmets too <laughs> yeah why well, I, I just did like three of them but they're from irvine so oh didn't help you out <laughs> no and like elson um are you uh letting stuff dry naturally or do you have like one of those heat ovens no i do it naturally yeah so this past winter was probably a pain in the ass right with all the rain yeah it was cold how, do, how does the weather affect your it, job it affects a lot just like when you said when it's cold it takes longer to dry and and i'm clear coating helmets like pretty much every night and in early in the mornings i come in super early and do it because um you don't want especially where my shop is by motocross track you don't want dust in the air and stuff like that when you're yeah. clearing I have a spray booth, but still, it yeah. comes out cleaner. Does uh, the humidity in the air affect things? Yeah, the like humidity does too. You'll get like, um, when it's real humid, sometimes you'll get these little things that are called fish eyes. Mm. They're little tiny, like, they look like little solvent pops in the clear Yeah, because of the heat. So the when that happens, do you have to sand it down and re-clear, or is it worse than that? Uh. Sometimes if you get lucky and you see it while you're clearing, you'll just do like a couple extra coats to like fill it in. Uh-huh. They're real tiny, but they're not that bad. But to me it is. I'm a pretty much a perfectionist for yeah. my stuff. Okay. Uh, 
I saw, uh, I, what's his name? 622. Does he work for you? 622. Um, a kid that rides a Cowie. Oh, Brock Staub? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was wearing some pretty crazy gear the other day. Uh-huh. So I know that you started making gear a little while ago, and I think you're doing it with our buddy in Mexico, uh, Skills. Yeah, right? Skills makes all my gear. Dude, Skills, that guy, can, do, you, do you know much about his operation? He he did some stuff for me, and it was really cool. But uh-huh. he was like, oh, I'm just a young young kid in Tijuana. He's down in Tijuana. <laughs> or where is He's he? He's like in a Puerto Vallarta area, Okay. But he's just one guy doing it, right? I'm not even sure. I never talked to him about the operation. Yeah. But he does good work. Yeah, his stuff's cool. Because the materials for our gear and everything is top notch. Mm-hmm. It's real stretchable, breathes real good, everything's sublimated. Yeah. So we don't do a lot of gear because we're not... There's so many gear companies, it's hard to compete. Mm-hmm. But I'm yeah, trying what, to... What made you branch out into... Just getting my name out there and different things and offering it to people to make custom gear. But it's cool because it's like canvas. You can, you know, if you have a vision of something, we can do any design for you. Mm-hmm. Add whatever logos and everything. And it's quality materials, like I said. Yeah. So your uh, your version of Tagger gear with skills is custom name, number, everything. It's mm-hmm. like you don't have Tagger gear in stock. No, I don't, I don't have it in stock. I, I don't even have clothing in stock because pros will come in or customers and I'll be in, end up giving it all away pretty much. <laughs> I know about that. <laughs> it sucks. Our account right now. Is That's like, why I, I need another shop just to hold all that stuff. Or <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, you've got these signature bells and stuff. Like, Have you done collaborations with anything outside of motocross industry? Like? You've done like RC car or a skateboard or anything? Or? Yeah, I did. Um, we did skateboards a while back for um, the skateboard company and they mass produced them. Mm-hmm. We did a bunch of designs for them. They were in Costa Mesa. Uh, there's a lot of other stuff we've done too, like for other people that weren't helmets. Mm-hmm. We did different um, designs. Um, this doesn't have anything to do with, I just thought of this because you said outside of motocross. Mm hmm. When I was doing painting surfboards one time, I got you'll like this one. I got a phone call what my boss did at the surfboard factory because I used to paint surfboards for uh, this TV show. I think it was Nickelodeon put it on. It was um, they used to give away the surfboards as prizes to all these actors and mm-hmm. models and people in the TV industry. Um, what was it called? I forget the name of it. Anyways. It was on TV for like five, four or five years. Mm-hmm. And I went to the first showing. It was in Santa Monica. It was cool. But I used to do all the boards for that. And the secretary at Playboy Magazine saw that I was doing all these surfboards. And she contacted uh, the factory where I worked. And I almost got a job airbrushing naked Playboy chicks for the magazine. <laughs> painting bikinis on them? Or painting their whole body? I don't body. know what they wanted. But I didn't get the job. But I was, <laughs> are you serious? That could have changed my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, well, cool. Uh, it's been great hearing uh, hearing your story and, and learning a little bit about the process and everything. Is there anything that you want to bring up or, or touch on, or mm. you have any thanks to show, shout out to people that inspired you early on? Uh, not really. No. <laughs> have you painted a whole car or anything before? Yeah, we've done. I used to do a lot of things like that when I first started because I have a full spray booth and everything. We were doing a lot of sand car race cars and um, 
Harleys, cars, pretty much everything. How about jet skis? Jet skis, side by sides, everything you could think of. Yeah. But I don't do that anymore. I've just um, gotten so busy with the helmets and more known for the helmet designing. So I just, my shop's just full of helmets. Yeah. How long are you going to keep doing this? I don't know. <laughs> How old are you right now? 63. 63. You don't look 63, dude. I'm 63. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so is this something that uh, your your son's going to take over, do you think? I don't know if he wants to. It's kind of a headache, that, like we were talking about the business side. Yeah. So I'm trying to um, get some people on that side to help me to take it to the next level, hopefully, and see where it goes from there. Nice. my goal would be to uh you know have a someone step in financially and take it to the next level or someone buy it off me or something like that mm -hmm. so I can, maybe i can retire i don't think i will though <laughs> right on okay somebody's watching or listening and they want to get their helmet done how do they find you um instagram is easy at tagger designs and then uh facebook i mean not facebook my email um, taggerdesigns1 at gmail.com okay alright tag thanks for coming by thanks, I know. thanks for making the long drive like yeah. one mile maybe <laughs> but uh, could have walked here yeah guys thanks for uh, checking out the midweek podcast presented by Yoshimura and uh, yeah next time you hit your head and get a new helmet send it to my buddy tag here thanks for watching thanks <laughs>